Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golden Astrologer podcast. This is Deb McBride, and I'm in lovely Escazú, Costa Rica, where it is sunset. And it is Sunday, the 9th of July in the year 2023. And we've got all sorts of things shifting and changing in this next week. Um, so at the moment, we've had this little business between Mars and Neptune and Pluto, and Mars and Pluto met up in this inconjunct earlier today. And this is creating the finger of God, as I mentioned last week. And I mentioned on Instagram the other day that if you feel like you were sort of out of alignment, this is something to help you sort of snap back into alignment. And if you were, it's an uncomfortable aspect. It's not uh, smooth like a trine. It's not obvious like a square. It's something that I know I don't feel right, but I don't can't put my finger on why. I don't know why. I, I am just uncomfortable. And that's the nature of it. It makes you sort of shift back and forth on your feet. <laughs> you shift from left to right, from right to left. And it's one of those aspects that you can't quite grasp, but you know you're not your usual self or your comfortable self. And through these last few days, we've been contending with this. And it asks us to sort of get to the bottom of something. I know I had to get to the bottom of my own things the other day. And it helps when you get to the bottom of something and recognize what's where the root of this discomfort is and what's what's surfacing because these things trigger us and we get, you know, irritated and then we are doing something that is um, out of character or we're aggravated, or we're in a bad mood, or a temper, and it's it really is something that's surfacing us that needs to be released. It comes to our attention. We need to address it and not indulge it anymore. And that's where we've been these last few days, since really since um, Thursday. And first was Mars to Neptune, then Mars to Pluto, and sort of in between both of those things it makes you have a bit of a temper because it's mars and but it asks you to make some adjustments and recognize some things in yourself that uh bring you to a new place hopefully of healing what you just uh witnessed and experienced in yourself so that's where we are that's where we're transitioning out of and mars is one of the flavors of the week because it is at the very end of Leo and it is aligned with the fixed star Regulus, which is the king. And this is where, you know, Regulus, I think, has moved slightly into zero Virgo, which is weird because it's a fixed star, right? So they're not supposed to move. Um, <laughs> but it is aligned with Regulus, which is the st fixed star that's um, on the ecliptic. Okay, this is the sun's path in our sky. And most of the fixed stars lie above or below the ecliptic and that's a whole other study of astrology which we're not going to go into today but that is the one star that when I say Mars is aligned with it it's actually right there with it so that's where Mars is and it's in you know it's one of the royal stars of Persia Regulus. And so Mars is at the very end of Leo and it's getting ready to leave Leo and go into the sign of Virgo, which it will do tomorrow 
at 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. Now, Mars is a fiery planet, and it likes fire, and it likes passion, and it likes, you know, sparks. Uh, Leo is that. Virgo is not. <laughs> but it will stay in Virgo for about, you know, six weeks or so, and it'll give us the impetus to redefine some things in the Virgo world, in the Virgo area of our charts. So the Virgo area of your chart is, you know, you have to find that if you have your astrological chart. If not, you call me and I sit down with you and we look at your chart. So Mars going into Virgo, which it only does once every two years, is a, an opportunity to look at those Virgo things and those are about health and work. It's about where you are healthy, where you feel your work is healing to you and your life, what your everyday experience of your work is, and what you are loyal to as far as your work goes. And it's really kind of a working experience. It's Mars in Virgo. And Virgo is all about where we are caring for ourselves and where we have good habits every day. So that means the cleanliness of our home, the experience of our health every day. Do you take vitamins? What regimen are you on? Do you take care of your skin? Um, how are you with exercise? And then Mars in Virgo for these next six weeks jump starts us on a brand new regimen if we feel we need it. Now, if you've got a good one going already, fantastic. Maybe you want to pick up the pace a little bit, challenge yourself a little more. Mars is sometimes a challenge. So it's good to look at your diet, look at your health, look at your exercise. Where might you be you know, a little bit sloppy. Virgo doesn't tolerate sloppy. No messy, no sloppy. Virgo doesn't like that. So Mars comes in and can't be sloppy. Maybe Mars got a little sloppy in Leo because Leo's fiery and it's like, yeah, we like to party. Leo's a bit of a partying sign, okay? Virgo is not. And it, and just generally speaking, Leo, so back in back many decades ago, there was the Pluto and Leo generation, and they're, they're still around, but they started in 1940 or so. And that generation went to about 1956, when then Pluto went into Virgo. And what we Pluto and Virgo people joke about, and Pluto went into Virgo from like 1956 to like 1972. But <laughs> the Pluto and Virgo people are the ones that like walk around with a water bottle. They're the ones that start going to the gym. They're the one that was that generation. Whereas the Pluto and Leo generation did not do that. They were having a good time. They were the ones that started experimenting with things like marijuana and drugs and, and, you know, a different level of partying than your parents of the Pluto and cancer generation who, you know, had cocktails at, after work and stuff, you know, um, this is different. This is this that was Pluto and Leo was like far out, you know, that was the those were the hippie days. But it's when we move to Leo from Leo to Virgo, the party's over and we go back to work. We get back to health, we go back to the gym, we go back to jogging, we go back to taking our vitamins, we look at where we might have been remiss and caring for ourselves and maybe Maybe a little sloppy in our work, probably not sloppy in work, but also just where you feel like you want to tighten things up a little bit. Like if you have a business, 
you might want to tighten things up a little bit with Mars in Virgo. It's great for that. Virgo's very organized. Mars going into Virgo likes to be organized. So it's an interesting place. Mars gets to flex the muscle of organization. It likes to flex the muscle of, you know, getting on, the, you know, Mars, Mars is, you know, a vital, it's like your blood, right? It's your vital energy that you push forward and do things. Well, we might push forward and, and like do a different health regimen. We might go see a nutritionist. We might go do all our blood level tests. We might go organize our office differently. And I want a fresh start. You know, this is this is the nature of Virgo. It you know it wants the spreadsheets done and the and all sorts of you know um, organization uh, on the office in the office on the desktop everything all of that organize your computer files, those things. So this is the nature of Mars and Virgo, and this is where it's going. In the meantime, things are shifting because Mercury is going into Leo. So it's all interesting. Right now, as I'm recording this, Mars is still in Leo, and Mercury is still in Cancer. And what's interesting is Mercury is at 27 degrees, 41 minutes of Cancer as I'm sitting here, and... That's still two and a half degrees or so left before it goes into the sign of Leo. What's interesting about that is that two and a half degrees is going to take like a little more than a day from where I am now. That's it. It's going to take like normally it would be like a degree a day as far as like the sun and Venus and all. Mercury's just flying right through Cancer. It's finishing up Cancer and it's going to zip into Leo tomorrow or depending on where you are, where I am, it's going to be 10, 11 p.m. If you're in the Eastern time zone, it'll be 12, 11 a.m. on Tuesday morning. It'll be shortly after midnight. But before Mercury makes that little zip out of Cancer into Leo, it's going to oppose Pluto. It's technically opposing Pluto now. But what it's doing is it's going to move opposite Pluto tomorrow, 4.48 p.m. Eastern time. Now, this is great for critical thinking. This is great for, um, you know, mental acuity. This is really good for focusing on deep projects. And the funny thing is, though, is it's really good. Mercury rules Virgo, Remember? Okay, so it rules Virgo, and Mars will already be in Virgo, and it's really good for, like, tightening up the, de the desktop, the office, the again. So there's this, there's this Monday morning gusto tomorrow that's going to get us, like, moving through our details and our paperwork and everything. But Mercury and Pluto, the thing we all need to watch out for is that it can be obsessive thinking. And since it's in the sign of cancer, it's usually a gentler experience of that, but it's still opposite Pluto. And there's this obsessive thinking about maybe something emotional or this obsessive thinking about what you've got to get done. And it's good for critical thinking along the lines of work that you need to do and tasks you need to perform and goals that you need to meet. Um, lists you need to make and checking off those things on your list and also embracing the things and celebrating what you've checked off on your list. However, it is going to be ruling Mars and Virgo. So <laughs> it's, um, 
we have to be careful not to be self-critical. We have to be careful not to be too nitpicky. We have to be aware of our thoughts and what could happen ideally with Mercury opposite Pluto is that Mercury and Pluto meet up in that opposition and we have some brilliant idea, a brilliant idea, something deep, something powerful, something empowering, some breakthrough. You know, whenever Mercury gets involved with the outer planets, it encourages some sort of intellectual breakthrough or recognition, realization, empowerment breakthrough, something where you feel like, okay, I can really, really make something of this idea. And this is going to take me someplace like with your work or, or generally with your work, <laughs> right? It's also Mercury opposite Pluto can be um, complicated and deep conversations. And if you need to have one of those conversations, it's good to get to the core of what the emotions, because Mercury is still in Cancer, what the emotions are, right? So you want to have a deep conversation about feelings, emotions. Maybe you have to have a difficult conversation with your child, for example, or someone in your family. It's Cancer. Remember, Cancer is all about family and children and those kinds of things. So it's it could be that, you know, your family needs to have a, a complicated conversation or needs to come to a decision. Mercury-Pluto is really good for making a firm, hard decision. Even though Mercury's in Cancer and it's like, well, maybe, maybe if there's another way around this, we can do that. Yeah. But if you need to make a decision about something, this is the energy by which to do it. A firm decision is very powerful under a Mercury-Pluto. So we like that, okay? Then Mercury will move into Leo. So I just said Leo's a bit of a partier, right? But it's also a creative sign. Now, you don't want to spend all this next couple of weeks with Mercury and Leo saying, where can I go to the next party? You, <laughs> you want to deeply connect to your creativity. So if something happens during Mercury-Pluto where you've made some sort of creative decision and now you're going to flow through with your creativity, well, then that's a great idea. You know, that's, that's really, you know, a good use of Mercury in Leo. And as we go through the week, then other things are going to shift. So we've got two planets changing signs tomorrow, which is an interesting way to start the week. And then we've got some other shifts and movements happening. And one of them is that Venus is really slowing down. You know, it's going to go retrograde on the 22nd at 28 degrees. And that's interesting because it's only, it's 25 and a half now. So today is only the ninth. And we're talking about three degrees over the next, or two and a half degrees over the next two weeks practically. Now that's funny. Remember what I just said about Mercury. Mercury's going to go that two and a half degrees between now and tomorrow evening. And Venus is now, this is the slowness. This is the example of slowness of this planet and that she's slowing down to a crawl as she goes into this incredible retrograde we're going to have in the sign of Leo. Venus retrogrades in the same sign every eight years. Okay. And this is the opportunity for me to tell a little story. Um, <laughs> the last time Venus went retrograde, so she went retrograde in this area of the Zodiac in 2015. But she had stepped into Virgo and then stepped back 
out of Virgo into Leo. So she's like just entered Virgo and then turned around retrograde in 2015. And I remember this very well. Why? Two reasons. One of these things was at the time in 2015, um, my friend and I were making our plan. She invited me to come with her and her family to Costa Rica in January of 2016, which was going to be six, seven months later. And I was saying, but it's Venus retrograde. We can't make a trip plan now. (laughs) And I'm like, no, we can't do that. But I said, you know what? All right, I'll just go along with it. And if something happens and I change my mind when Venus goes direct, she was like, we've got to book this now. We've got to go ahead and make the the flight. And we've got to do this because it's going to be January and it's going to fill up. And I'm like, we can't wait till Venus goes direct. And Venus had just gone retrograde. And she's like, no, we have to do this. So I'm like, all right, well, whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Famous last words. Okay. That was one story. The other was that at the time when I was in New York, what I used to like to do was um, look online for the Amateur Astronomers Association, not astrologers, Astronomers Association. And they used to have viewing events. So one of their members of the Amateur Astronomers Association used to bring a telescope to a location and they would announce it on their website and you can go look in the telescope if it was a clear night. Of course, if it was raining, naturally they would cancel the event. So in July or so of 2015, I had the wonderful opportunity to see Venus in the telescope. And this was the first time I was going to see Venus. And this particular night, I was going to get to see both Venus and Jupiter. So I went to the location, which was the plaza at Lincoln Center. So, I mean, sometimes they did it in Prospect Park. Sometimes they did it down by the the High Line. Um, But it was a clear night and I trudged on uptown from Park Slope. I went to Lincoln Center and I saw Venus in the telescope. Now, the thing is with Venus, when she goes retrograde and the same thing with Mercury and Mars is that they are closer to the Earth than they normally are in their orbit, okay? So when Venus goes retrograde and she's getting slowing down like she is right now, and if you can see Venus in the telescope, I advise it, because this was one of the most magnificent things I have ever seen in my entire life, if not like the most magnificent force of nature, okay? This, remember, nature's the planets too, you know, we're, we're all part of nature. The grass under our feet, the stars in the sky, it's all nature, and we are part of nature. We are nature, they are nature. And what I saw was in the telescope, Venus, closer to the Earth, and when Venus is closer to the Earth, naturally, she's bigger. She looks bigger to us. Well, when you, what happens when you look at a planet in a high-powered telescope? it looks like a little ball, right? So I I saw Jupiter and there's Jupiter with its lines and its beautiful little spots and how pretty Jupiter is. And then there was Venus, which was not the little ball, which was this extraordinary beam of white light. And it was the goddess to me. It was, this is the presence of the goddess. I felt like I was looking at the goddess, you know, because it was this beaming, beaming, beautiful experience of white light. Something absolutely interstellar 
and extraordinary. And my advice to you is if you can find an amateur astronomers association, which I'm sure there's chapters all over the, the world, please go look at Venus in the telescope during these weeks because it is extraordinary and you won't regret it. So it's a sight unlike anything else. And for me, this was just such a feeling of presence with that energy. And Venus represents so much to us. You know, she represents pleasure. She represents what we desire. She represents money, the things we can buy with money. She represents our experience of love. But this was just majestic and magical. And it was it was indescribably beautiful. So... That's my little speech for, for this podcast is that you really do want to go, if you can, go see Venus because it's unlike anything you'll ever see. And you'll be impressed by it. It's just, first of all, we should all be looking at the planets, right? And I'm an astrologer. And a lot of us astrologers don't go do this. And, you know, there I was and I got to see two planets in one night. And that was very, very wonderful. And then a few weeks later, I saw Saturn, which was beautiful but I when I looked in the telescope I looked in and I saw Saturn with its rings and everything sitting there like Saturn so beautiful like this creamy white and I said you little stinker you because Saturn is a little stinker so anyway <laughs> back to Venus Venus is was extraordinary so this is what happens when Venus turns retrograde she comes closer to the earth and so we feel that energy more deeply, more profoundly, more in more in that Venusian sense. Are we filled with desire for something? Do we want to go buy something beautiful? Do we want to go get a makeover? Do we want to buy a beautiful shiny object? And how is a beautiful shiny object for us in our lives? Is that going to satisfy us? What's it really about? Is it just like, you know what, I, I want a bauble? Or is it trying to fill some sort of hole? that we need through, you know, Venus and some material object. So that's, that's something. When she's in Leo, like she was then, she is fiery. She's glamorous. She's a spitfire. She's sexy. She's flirtatious. She's all those good, juicy things that Leo is. And she can be a little bit of a partier. Yes. But, you know, um, it's a great time to go do something and get something glamorous that might be on sale. That's a great use of Venus retrograde energy. Okay. Okay. In the meantime, there are other things going on this week. The sun is in cancer and it's going to be squaring Chiron. So that is Wednesday the 12th. And there is inherently some sort of dealing with a wound. Now, remember what I said last week, there was Mercury squaring Chiron on Wednesday, and we may have felt a little bit of ouch, a little bit of awareness. This is illumination. The sun coming to this place because the sun and Mercury met up, and the sun now coming to this place where Mercury was a week ago, and exactly one week later, because Mercury's faster than the sun traveling, it's, it really is an illumination of any wound we may have experienced last Wednesday, in these last few days, anything that we became maybe aware of. Um, 
the interesting thing about this is Chiron's in an interesting place and Chiron's going to go retrograde soon too, but Chiron is at 19 degrees of Aries. And right now I'm looking at the moon in Aries and it's very close to Chiron, but it may give us some information this evening of what we're going to be experiencing when the sun challenges it on Wednesday. Chiron's at 19 Aries. This is the exaltation point of the sun. So the sun has some vested interest in this aspect that's happening on Wednesday. And it's possible that the sun will give some really profound illumination to us about where we need to maybe clean up our thought patterns, clean up our energies, clean up our actions because Chiron's and Aries and where we take action. So, and you know, actions don't happen just because of their actions. They happen because we're either thinking about taking action or we're feeling about taking action. And in this case, these are all feeling things. We don't have, remember, we don't have a lot of air in the sky. And if we occasionally get some air when the moon travels through. But right now, the sun is in Cancer, a water sign. Chiron is in Aries, a fire sign. And it may be some feelings we have and some sort of recognition and illumination from the sun about feelings we have that where we're licking our wounds. Definitely, I felt it last week. It morphed into this Mars-Neptune-Pluto arrangement that's going on in the sky, and I really was able to sort through something and be able to put my finger on something. So I hope that you too can do this as you move through these next few days. The other thing is that Venus, as she's slowing down, is going to make that same relationship to Neptune that Mars just did. Remember, she's very close to Mars right now. They're still conjunct in the same sign, a little bit distant, but they're, they're there. And Venus is going to make that same needling aspect to Neptune um, on Saturday the 15th. And so she's going to maybe smooth over or bring more awareness to any sort of wound, any sort of needling feeling, any sort of trigger that you might have felt in these last days at the end of this past week. Now, when we get to next Saturday, she may help you revisit that and say, don't worry, it's going to be okay. You know, um, she is following where Mars went. The interesting thing is she's going to stay there. She's not going to get to Pluto um, because Pluto's at 29 and she's not going to 29, Leo. She's going to stay at 28. So she's moving to 27. She's going to trigger Neptune and then she's going to sit there and move past it, but then come back and trigger Neptune again, not right away, but after the retrograde starts. So this is one of the other things she's going to be doing. And she's really talking to the planets a lot. She's going to, you know, make that relationship to Jupiter three times, the relationship to Uranus three times, and eventually the relationship to Neptune three times. The first two will be close together. The last one will be way after she's finished her retrograde. But she's giving us another piece of information that we have um, just experienced with Mars. So maybe Mars brought up the masculine energies, the masculine principle, and perhaps Venus will bring up the feminine side of the same story. 
and how there may be a tear or two. Like I said, with Neptune, we may shed a few tears. And tears are not out of the ordinary for this. And tears are welcome for this, okay? Venus is going to maybe soften the edges of whatever you just uncovered in these last few days. And she's going to bring some compassion and some sensitivity and some genuine feelings about what that story is. So it's probably a similar story. This is just another reflection upon it. And what does it mean? What happened in these last few days? What did you come to? Were there some tears shed? Or were you just moving too fast that you didn't have time for tears? But Venus is slow. Mars wasn't slow. And Venus may say, hey, wait a minute, you missed something last week. If you did miss it, Venus is going to come back and show you what it was. And if you didn't miss it, and I didn't miss it in my life, um, Venus will come back and maybe soften it a little more and there may be some tears. And if there were tears with Mars, maybe there'll be a few extra tears with Venus or maybe there'll be some healing or maybe there'll be some understanding. But remember, I said Venus is going to come to this again and that's going to be after her retrograde. So remember, she's coming. She's coming next Saturday the 15th and then she's not going to really take that position again till after she starts it it's actually going to be the 30th of July so we're not we're not looking at we're going to look at two weeks before she comes back there again because she's going to be very slow but where can you soften what you experienced the other day and where can you find the beauty in those movements and in those tears and and that story and sometimes the beauty is just the recognition of all those things that you shone a light on, you shining a light on. So, you know, this is, again, this is a sensitive week. We've got sensitive things happening. We're still in the sign of cancer. It's a sensitive time. It's a time to feel into things. It's not a time to overanalyze or over-intellectualize. The planets are not in air. Okay, and when Mars goes into Virgo, we might be a little more analytical, for sure. But if it helps, great. If it makes you critical, step back. Don't let it do that. But we're looking at softening because the sun is in Cancer. And having compassion for yourself... And as you move through this week with the sun in Cancer squaring Chiron in Aries on Wednesday, remember that this is another moment, an opportunity to really start to feel compassion for oneself, shine light on certain things, and then really start to understand what might be underneath the surface of things that, that are asking for your attention, things that might be healing or needing some, some healing or some tears or some just some ownership and recognition. And I can definitely tell you that the energies that we experienced Thursday, Friday, 
and then today really are part of a story and it it has to do with i think it has to do with the masculine and then venus will bring us to the feminine part of the story okay Remember, each and every one of us contains both masculine and feminine energies. And the masculine and the feminine came together to create each and every one of us. Because we wouldn't be born here, however you were born, you wouldn't be born here without the uniting of those two energies, okay? Those two polarities. And it is about polarity. You know, we are born out of those two polarities and we carry them with us always. And that's the that's everybody's journey. We have those two polarities within us. Okay. Um, next Monday, the 17th, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but there is a new moon at 24 degrees of cancer, which is sort of opposite Pluto, but I, I think it's enough opposite Pluto. Um, it'll be opposite Pluto a few hours after it's new. And then eventually the sun will be opposite Pluto before it leaves and goes into the sign of Leo. But that's not for another oh, week and a half at least. We've got we've got almost two weeks before that happens. So let just let's just say there's a new moon coming. We're in the in-between week between full moon and new moon. Okay. And not this week, but next week, the nodes are going to change sign. Okay. This is big news. The nodes change sign once every year and a half. The north node has been in Taurus, as you know, because it was with Jupiter. And the south node has been in Scorpio. And in a week and a half or so, the node is going to change where the north node is no longer in Taurus. It's in Aries, because they go backwards. And the south node will be in Libra. Okay, more on that change next week on next week's podcast. In the meantime... If you need to get in touch with me because you would like to have a session or you would like to do some work with me, please, uh, you can go to my website, thegoldenastrologer.com, and click book online, and that is your entree into any of my services, whether it's astrology, whether it's Reiki, whether it's studying Reiki, whether it's my expansion mentoring program, which I would love to have you join me in, okay? That could be... A wonderful experience. The first experience is three months. You could do three months, six months, or 12 months, whichever you prefer. If you'd like to talk to me more about that, you can contact me, deb at debmcbride.com or info at thegoldenastrologer.com. I'm on Instagram at thegoldenastrologer. And now there's threads. How about threads, huh? That came out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> all of a sudden I woke up one morning and it's like, ooh, a new social media. So I, I joined right away and I'm on threads as the Golden Astrologer because it just took my Instagram profile and moved it over there, um, extended it over there, didn't leave Instagram. But, you know, and it's like Twitter. I mean, I guess it's like Twitter. I was on Twitter. I've been on Twitter. I haven't used my Twitter account in a very long time because it really it really doesn't suit me anymore. You know, I, I just don't, I find much more... Uh, ability to express myself through Instagram. So, and threads is kind of fun. Um, it's a little confusing. I don't use it that much. I'm pretty much sticking with the Instagram stuff. And if you are looking for astrological forecasts throughout the week, that's where I put them. I put them in Instagram. They automatically go over to Facebook when I put them in Instagram. And so both of those places, the Golden Astrologer will show you um, 
where I am as far as like what's going on in the week and how I'm perceiving it and how I want to show you what it feels like and how we're all handling this. Okay. I thank you for listening and I welcome you to my podcast anytime. It is where all podcasts are distributed and I'm here every Sunday and I thank you so much. Much gratitude to all of you for listening. Have a beautiful week.